Good morning, LifePoint Church. My name is Steve. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we have a really great privilege today. Uh, our friend of LifePoint Church, uh, her name is Ashley Seiler. She's a converged missionary to Togo, West Africa. And she will be with us today. It's really cool. I'll tell you a little bit more about how we got acquainted. But uh, the kids of Kids Life support Ashley every week with their little pennies and their nickels and their $100 bills once in a while. And it's awesome that uh, we're able to help our kids, coach our kids to understand what it means that Jesus loves the children of the world, not just you. So uh, she'll be joining us here in a little bit. But I call this the preamble. I wanted us to, we're talking about missions today, but it's God's Word that talks about missions. And um, I'd like us to think about that as a church, because God has us in a season where He wants us to be on mission. We are physically relocating from Lacey to Northeast Olympia, and there's a new neighborhood, and we don't know many people there, and we'll be plunked down there. And... uh, There's folks that we need to befriend. There's folks that we need to love. And what does it mean? It's a lot like uh, what it means to be on mission in Togo, only different. God has us here. Anyway, I'd like to invite you uh, to stand just as Pastor Jim does, um, as is our custom. We're just going to read a passage of Scripture together, and uh, it'll help us focus our mind on this uh, task ahead. What does it mean to be on mission in Northeast Olympia and Lacey. So please join me as we just read these. I almost said sing. Please join me as we read these verses together. Ready? One, two, ready, go. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is God's word. Please be seated. As I said, in, a, in an effort to just kind of uh, preview the, a little conversation, Ashley will be up here with me, uh, just kind of an interview uh, dialogue, back and forth kind of format. I just had a couple of things I wanted to just note. It's not really a sermon proper. I just I, um, made some notes on this passage. I just wanted to share them with you. First, John was out in the wilderness. He was out in the desert, and he was sharing the good news of Jesus. It was the good news in the desert. And I just thought, well, there's a contrast there. Here's this dry, arid, lifeless place. And that's the very place that John the Baptist came and said, there's some good news. Second, John shared the heart of that good news. And here's the heart of the good news, what we call the gospel. 
our sins can be forgiven. Our sins can be forgiven. Well, people heard that message and came from all over. Did you, did you hear that? All over Judea, all over Jerusalem. They heard our sins can be forgiven, and they came confessing their sins. I noted, fourthly, that the messenger had not kept up with the latest fashion trends. But God chose to use him anyway. And that gives me comfort. Um, God doesn't call the person because he's cool looking or has a good looking wardrobe. And so that helps me understand that... um, that God can use me, that God can use you, because I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not so cool myself. <laughs> Put it this way, not as cool as I used to be. No, not even that. So anyway, there's hope for me, because God isn't looking for the cool person. He's looking for the messenger who's faithful to bring the message of Jesus. John understood that the message wasn't about him This pastor says that John dunked people in the water. Yeah, but coming after him is one who will immerse you in the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't that a little different? Water, dunked in the water, immersed in the Holy Spirit of God. What? John understood that he was unworthy to even untie the strap of the sandal of Jesus' sandals. He understood it wasn't about him. It was about Jesus. Now, John was perhaps a little quirky. Reminds me of my expression of the year a couple years back. We all have our quirks. And so John had his, I know. But um, we know that he was a great man because of what Jesus said in a couple verses that he described about John. A couple cool verses, and they say the exact same thing. Matthew eleven eleven, Luke seven twenty eight. That's what it says. Jesus said, truly I say to you, Among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Well, what made him so great? It doesn't specify exactly, but I had this idea. See if you agree with this. I believe it was John's understanding that to be a messenger of the good news of Jesus was to help people connect with the transformational power of Jesus. If I'm a messenger of the good news of Jesus, I'm giving people an opportunity to connect with the transformational power of Jesus. John understood how great Jesus was. He understood that also that God had a little part for him to play in the big story that God was telling. To connect, uh, to have a part to play in God's kingdom purposes wasn't about John, it was about the king. It was about Jesus. Well, thinking about that passage in Mark chapter 1, reminded me of another passage that I've thought long about all these many years. It's found in Isaiah chapter 55. And I wanted to read that to you as well. Perhaps this is a familiar to you, familiar verse to you, but it goes like this. And I'll just read it real quick. But uh, listen, listen closely. It talks about the good news of the kingdom of God being expressed. The good news going out so that It's a message that can be heard. In uh, Isaiah 55, starting in verse 10, it says this, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven 
and do not return there. But water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It's a metaphor. It's a rain metaphor. We're going to get this really good because we know this metaphor well. For as the rain, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing as you bring this message, right? All the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And listen close. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that will not be cut off. Years ago, I mentioned it was years ago. really was. But I thought about that word it. It. What do you mean it? What's the it? It refers to the transformation of the desert. And here was the, the, um, the tumbleweeds. I like to picture this tumbleweed tumbling across the pages of my Bible there in Isaiah 55. And there's the, uh, the briars, and then there's the thorns. And picture this old, dried-out um, blackberry canes, and they're this thicket, and it's like this, and it's, that's all that can grow there. And what has grown has died and God says there's a transformation happening. Instead of that arid, dry desert, God is bringing uh, the green, lush, thriving, growing plants that, uh, that show that its whole place is transformed. I like how the NIV puts it. This is all for the Lord's renown. The Lord's renown. In other words, it, the transformation that's happening makes God's name famous throughout the earth. But there's only one way that happens. It's if, and it's not talking about the land, it's talking about the people, that there's transformed lives in the people. Anyway, we are uh, called by God to be the messengers as well. I'd like to invite Ashley, my friend. Ashley Slyther, come on up. I see you back there. I'm going to have you sit here, Ashley, and we want to have the rest of our time just to to visit with you about uh, what we're doing, uh, what you're doing in uh, a spiritually dark part of the world. Ashley uh, ministers the gospel in Togo, West Africa. But the gospel there is transforming the lives of people. And it's powerful when the message goes out. And here's a faithful messenger. I think God wants all of us to be faithful messengers where God has us. So, love to uh, visit about that. Um, Rosie, my wife Rosie and I got to meet Ashley almost three years ago. We were attending a conference with Jim and Marcy and uh, Evan and Cindy. We were all down in Southern California. And there's different, if, if you've been to a conference, there's different ministry tracks or whatever. And I was in the children's ministry track and Rosie came with me. And Ashley was there. She, her home is Ohio, but she was, it was a national conference and she was there. And uh, we got acquainted, and uh, she had not yet gone to Togo um, full-time. She'd been there, but she had not yet 
uh, arrived. And we hadn't arrived in our kids' life ministry at a point where we were ready to explain what world missions was to the kids. And so I thought it would be great to partner with Ashley as she is on her road to the mission field in Togo. And we are on ramping up to help our kids understand what missions and giving and offering is all about. So it's been a great partnership and it's turned into a good friendship. And we are delighted to uh, have Ashley with us today. Would you give a life point welcome to our friend Ashley Seiler. And so we have, I've explained to Ashley that um, from that point a number of years ago, we've, uh, the kids would bring in their little coins and we have little Togo boxes like they're ready to be, little cargo box put on some boat for Africa. And it's a great reminder for our kids that, yes, Jesus loves them. Jesus loves us all, but Jesus literally loves the children of the world, and they might look different, and they may speak a different language than our kids, but God doesn't love us more. He loves us all the same in a profound way. So thank you, thank you for being our guest today, and I just thought I would open up with um, a couple questions for you. Uh, In a bit, we'll have a little video that is really very helpful, but um, may I start with just asking you to... um, Tell us about how God has you on this journey. You were a little girl in Ohio, and then all of a sudden we meet you and you're a missionary to Togo. Tell us a little bit about how God's using you and growing in you a heart for this ministry he's led you to do. So I um, grew up going to church and um, put my faith in Christ when I was nine years old. And, um, and God's just given me a love for children, even when I was a child. Um, I loved being around the babies and helping with my sister. And um, uh, yeah, and um, so even as a nine-year-old, I was like, I think I want to be a dentist missionary. And, um, but... Um, God changed my plans, and I'm, I'm glad he did. I'd rather be with kids than in, te- in teeth, with teeth. Um, and so, um, but, um, yeah, so in high school, I um, had served a lot with kids' ministry at the at church, and, um, and I just felt like God wanted me to um, surrender my life to missions, and so I didn't know what that looked like, where it would be, um, but I told God that I would be obedient to that. And um, so when I was in college, I um, was praying with some friends about going on a missions trip to Africa. And um, we thought that uh, the door was going to be closed because it was getting towards the end of the opportunity time to get a ticket and get over there. Um, But JJ and Melissa Alderman, who are now my um, teammates, they... uh, came to our school and shared about their ministry. And so they invited us to come. And so they actually got off the plane about a month before I did. So I was helping them, or we were helping them unpack boxes. And um, they had already started a small church in their front yard just within that month. And so it's really exciting to me that I got to see the very beginning um, stages and what it was and then get to be there and be a part of it today and just see how God has grown that. Um, But during that time, they encouraged me to um, get some experience teaching and explore other options and see where God would lead. And so I did exactly that. Um, And every year I was at contract time, um, I was teaching and I was like, okay, God, I'm ready. Um, But um, the door just never opened. And my fourth year of teaching, uh, 
they invited me to come back. And so I got to be there. This is actually a picture. The one before was um, at the fifth anniversary of the church. And so, um, and then this month, actually, they're inviting, or they're celebrating the 10th anniversary of that first church plant, um, New Life. And so um, when I was there that second time, I saw the need um, for kids. Um, 50% of the population is under the age of 18. And um, there's just so many of them. Full stop. 50% of the population of Togo is under the age of 18. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) And so I saw a big need and a big opportunity, and I saw how God had um, equipped me and um, prepared me for that in the years before. And so that's kind of how I ended up in Togo. Okay. Um, We're going to show a a little five-minute video of what life looks like in Togo. What are we about to see, Ashley? Yeah, so this kind of just shows um, what life looks like there and um, the hope that the gospel is bringing. So, Ashley, they're wondering, since Pastor Steve is up here, when we're going to do the hand motions. The time has arrived. So uh, you may not know this, but if you use your two hands and you form them together, that's the map of Africa. Don't say you never learned anything at LifePoint Church. So, if you find your left thumbnail, that's the sixth degree parallel, and that's where Togo is. And so, I'm hoping you can talk about the initiatives, Ashley, and um, we've got a couple countries right in a row there, and they're uh, just north of the equator. And so, tell us about that, and uh, perhaps also include a little bit about the Converge uh, International Missions and uh, the team that you work with. Okay. So um, I am a Converge missionary, and um, their desire is to see the, the least reached um, reached. And um, so I'm excited to, I love being a part of what they're doing, and I love their vision. And so we get to do that. Um, they're doing it all over the world. They have 15 um, targeted areas, and so one of them is called the Six Degree Initiative, and that's where we're at. And so we are in Togo, and... Um, uh, that's kind of our starting point. And we have five projects right now. Um, so Togo Church Planting, Benin Church Planting, which is neighboring country right next door with the um, similar culture. And um, uh, we're hoping to start a deaf ministry. We have Togo Palms um, and a vocational training center. And so um, that's kind of what our um, our the Six Degree Initiative looks like now, but in the future they, um, we have the hope of expanding that across those other countries. And so um, my team, JJ and Melissa Alderman, they arrived there um, in 2009, so that was 10 years ago now, and that's when they uh, planted their first church plant, um, and that's called Nouvelle V, which means um, new life. And um, since then, Nouvelle V has planted um, two churches, and so there's uh, the solution, um, and uh, then the newest church plant, which Mal was speaking of, is um, is Grace Church. And so this is my, um, and that's the, the first day we had um, there at Grace. Um, so my team right now consists of JJ and Melissa and their three girls. There's two other single girls with me, um, or with us there. And then um, a new family just joined us that were not in the picture. And um, we have several others trying to um, get there as we launch uh, these five projects. So I'm backing up just a minute when you were talking about the five 
projects of the Sixth Degree Initiative. One of the things that you mentioned was Togo Palms. And a few years ago, we did an end-of-the-year offering, and we um, were able to um, give a gift, end-of-the-year gift, to Togo Palms. And as I understand it, Ashley, this is a training center. It's a, a Bible institute uh, that trains national leaders. And one of the other people that we just saw, Pastor Maulolo, was... Um, uh, received some training there as well, and now he's a church planter. Can you tell us a little bit of the strategy of how that works as you um, plant just not the one church, but kind of make your way around Lake Togo? Yeah. So um, our goal is to train nationals. Basically, we want to work ourselves out of a job. They can reach their own people better than we can. And so um, we have this training institute. So Malolo came to know Christ um, at Nouvelle Vie. And when he decided that he wanted to, or that God would have him to be a pastor, he started training um, with the Togo Palms with the Bible Institute. And so um, he has he's finished that and has now planted a church. And so um, our vision for Togo Palms is great. We already have land, um, but right now we're just doing what we want to do in the future on a smaller scale. And so we have the land and we're waiting for one signature to get, um, to get the Togo Palms camp, um, the property and, and the, um, everything involved with that up and running. Um, but we're excited to see how God's going to use that training center. Just to encourage you, we were waiting for one signature, and we got it this week. And so we'll pray for that signature. <clears throat> the other thing you mentioned was uh, when we were seeing Pastor Maulolo, he was saying, I'm excited. We're going to soon plant a church. But there's an update. Can you just, there's a lot going by here. Can you make that uh, connection between what you're doing now with Pastor Maulolo and what's happened so far? Yep, so I get to work with Pastor Malolo at our third church plant, Grace, um, which we started in March. And um, so we uh, worked through a lot of obstacles to get that started. We had planned to start it in July of last year, but um, things keep, kept coming, but we didn't lose hope. We were meeting at the house. We were having um, the kids program outside in there, in the road, really. <laughs> um, no cars, no worries. Um, but... Um, and so, uh, he is, he loves kids. And so it's great to work alongside of him. He's very supportive of what we're doing in the kids ministry. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really enjoy working with him. And so it's not the last church, it's the third church. There'll be other churches that you plant in the future. Talk about the strategy of meeting the children in the community and how does a church get planted from that initial contact? Um, so it's one thing I um, love is that reaching the kids leads to reaching the adults, and just showing a simple act of love um, can to the kids can cause the parents to come to church. And so we've seen that happen several times that the parents get connected um, in that way. And um, so I love that part of ministry in Togo, um, just loving on the kids and then being able to reach their parents through that. Um, and the how church get will get planted in the future is, um, for example, the, the next church that we're looking at. Um, one of the church members at Nouvelle V um, started coming, and, um, and he is now a believer, and he wants his village to, to know Jesus. And so um, Pastor Jonas from Nouvelle V actually spends um, time out there um, each week and is uh, already doing 
ministry in that location, and one day we hope to um, to plant a church. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about. Um, I'm going to combine two questions. Tell us about what is your typical. Um, I'll just ask you this: What does a typical week look like for you? A typical day, a typical week. And uh, we'll maybe make that a shorter answer and a longer answer to the next question. All right. Well, so no two weeks are alike. Um, But I spent, um, um, when I left, I was still doing two French lessons a week. When I go back, I'll cut that down, and I will be starting to learn one of um, the local languages. Um, So time is dedicated towards that. And then um, Sundays we have church uh, and uh, we uh, now have a kids' building as of this week, so that's really exciting. And uh, uh, I'm sorry. Then I Wednesdays we have kids, courtyard kids, and so that is where um, the kids will come to the church, and we we'll do Bible stories and singing and games and and verses, and really build into the kids and build those relationships. And so I spend a lot of time preparing for that during the week, um, preparing for it just normal, and then preparing to give it in a different language. And, um, and then one of our goals is to have the nationals to be able to run the kids' ministry. So I get to spend time with um, some of the girls there in Togo. Um, uh, specifically right now, it's Nicole and uh, Deborah. This is Nicole, and she helps me with translation, and she started teaching the verses on Wednesday. And so um, I get to go through the Bible with her and um, just helping her to know what it is to live for Christ and, um, and then helping her and training her in taking over the kids' ministry um, one day. And then this is Deborah, and she's also involved in the kids' ministry and just has a heart to serve and sees a need and wants to fill it. And um, so she uh, enjoys leading our songs at this time. Um, but I get to go through the Bible with her um, during the week as well and um, enjoy spending time with those girls and and building into them. Um, And then, of course, I'm still a normal person, so I have to go to do grocery shopping and go to the bank and get gas, and so that's all part of my week as well. So So just so we know, so it's in your head in English. One day it might be in your head in French. But so there's this little translation from English to French, and then you teach in French, and then Nicole translated Translates it into Eve. into Eve, the local dialect, would we call it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's one dialect of how many in Togo? Uh, 37. 30, one little country, 37 <laughs> dialects. What is your favorite part of living in Togo, and what is perhaps the most challenging part of your time there? Um, So I'm going to start with um, the most challenging part, and that would just be um, the spiritual warfare. So part of that is what took Grace so long to get planted. Um, uh, There were were seven witch doctors in our little community when we were trying to plant the church. They're still there. Um, But since then, even in just the last month, um, a new voodoo has come in. And so my last Sunday there, um, Pastor Malolo pointed that out to me and said, um, this is the voodoo that was in my family, and we need to be praying for our kids. And so um, Satan knows what's going on, and he's fighting back. Um, but my favorite part is seeing the hope um, in that darkness. And, um, yeah, just seeing the life the life change. Um, I love being able to get to share the gospel with the kids. One of my favorite um, moments within the last couple months was doing the kids camp. And, um, 
And so we had 150 kids there one day, and we were talking about the power of God. Um, the power is something that's very strong in their culture, so we wanted them to know that God is the most powerful. And um, Tanti Ubertinge was teaching the lesson about Elijah versus the um, prophets of Baal. And um, I was have heard this story several times, but I was sucked in just with the rest of the kids who were hearing it many for the first time and just amazed at the power of our God and, and then just culturally how relevant that story was um, to them. And uh, at the end of the story, they all fell to their knees and, and they started um, pumping their fists in the air and they shouted, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And I just got overwhelmed with emotion and goosebumps just knowing that these kids are hearing the truth and that they can live such a different life than their parents. They don't have to be trapped in that darkness. And, um, and so I love um, seeing that hope and seeing lives change. In the bottom right corner, we got to, um, we got to celebrate as a, ch- as a church as one of the um, men and his family brought in their idols and um, burnt them. And, uh, and he's serving in our church now, and he's faithful. And, and so just to see that life change. And then up there in the top right is um, Atonley. And when I first started going, um, when I first moved there, just within the first couple of weeks, I had noticed these five siblings. They came without their parents. Um, but in those first couple of weeks, they lost their home or, and their clothing and such in a fire. And so we were able to... Um, come alongside them and, and help them to get clothes and just show love to them. And that spoke volumes to their parents who um, who are now believers. And Atonley, was, uh, their father was a witch doctor and people would come to him for wisdom and they still come to him, but instead of... Um, Turning to voodoo, he pulls out his Bible and he gets to share truth with them. And he has a heart for for the other villages that haven't yet heard the gospel. And so he spends his time going out there and sharing the gospel. So um, just seeing um, God breaking through the darkness. And um, and it's awesome because he can do it here in the United States too. And I know that this is a this is a spiritually dark area. And I'm excited that you guys have your new building and and. Um, that you're going to be and already are a light here. So awesome. We want to uh, have our Kids Life Kids be always a, a support to you, and they'll continue to put money in the Togo offering boxes. And uh, we love hearing your, getting your videos, and we love <laughs> hearing prayer requests each week. We're going to keep praying for you. But as a church, as LifePoint Church, how can we... Uh, come alongside you and be supportive of you and your team there in Togo. Well, first, I want to tell you how amazing your kids are. Um, I am just so thankful for the for the relationship that we have, and um, and just uh, well during kids camp they were raising money for the during, kids room. During our kids oh, camp. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. They were raising money for the kids' roof in Togo. And this week I got pictures. They were putting up the roof, and it is now completed. And, um, and that was Wednesday. They had their first kids' gathering in the kids' building um, with the roof that your kids helped put on there. And so I'm just so thankful for, for that and for them and for their generosity. Um, and so... 
I am here for the next three months, and I'm getting to visit with churches and, and, um, and individuals and trying to get my monthly support back where it needs to be. And so um, I would love to invite you guys to be a part of what God's doing in Togo, and that can be through um, financial giving, but also through prayer. Our team knows that God answers prayer, and um, we see the importance of it. And so uh, our goal this month actually is to get 1,000 uh, new people praying for us on a regular basis. And so I have a, uh, a sign-up sheet if you want to sign up for the emails and, and be a part of those 1,000 new people who are, are praying for us uh, each month. And so, She has a very awesome prayer card for suitable for framing or your refrigerator. And uh, Ashley, you can meet Ashley in the pop-up tent after we're done here and uh, snag one of these. Then you mentioned also you have a sign-up list if we want to uh, receive email updates. So uh, our time is up, but our friendship is just beginning, and we want to close in a word of prayer, if I may pray for you. And it's going to be my voice, but it's the prayers of the church that uh, going to God's throne of grace here for you, Ashley. Thank you, God, uh, for inviting us. You invite us to the throne of grace uh, to find help in time of need. And we come boldly even because it's in the name of Jesus. And uh, such an encouragement that uh, you, you show up in Togo in the answers to prayers of many. And you use uh, hard things and turn them into good things. And uh, your power is evident in when the, the word of God is taught by Pastor Maulolo or the other pastors. And then uh, the message is planted in a heart and a, a life is changed. And that message is carried on uh, to a next generation who is hungry to know the truth and uh, is uh, perhaps oppressed by the darkness but waiting for the light to break through. I pray for Ashley, and we pray for Ashley, that you give her courage um, uh, and a great endurance. Give her a, a growing love for the children and the families of Togo and give their team wisdom as they plant churches and grow churches. I pray that you give her keen and unique uh, godly insight as she uh, uh, comes alongside Nicole and Deborah and disciples young ladies to... Uh, help them grow in uh, the ways you've gifted them to grow. We pray that as a church, as LifeWay, we can always uh, love and encourage Ashley and her team there. And uh, the end, we pray, the end result would be um, the Lord's renowned. The name of the Lord would be uh, famous in Togo and famous here in Olympia so that uh, we uh, can honor you with our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' great name. Amen.